This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance and Feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with your hosts, Milwaukee Magazine food writer and critic Ann Christensen and me, DJ Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. On this week's edition of This Bites, we're going to talk a little about Juneteenth and the food that is eaten on Juneteenth, because Juneteenth is tomorrow, and it's the 50th anniversary of the Juneteenth celebration here in Milwaukee. Uh, the first celebration was in 1971. We also got some news about some uh, Sap Sap, uh, the Laotian uh, um, pop-up now becoming a brick and mortar. We got some details about that. We got news about a Caribbean-inspired food truck, uh, new southern restaurants, and more. But we're going to kick it off with Sap Sap. We've talked a lot about Sap Sap, Ann. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, have. Uh, they've been doing a lot of pop-ups here in Milwaukee and Racine. They're known for their pho. Uh, they're the, loud jerky. They're loud, loud sausage. Jerky. Yeah. And Mama's egg rolls. Mama's eggs rolls. But he's been doing a lot. But now he finally has a permanent fixture in Racine, a brick and mortar that will be opening soon for dine-in. But this week, he is open for carry-out. He kicked off yesterday. Carry-out be available Thursday through Saturday uh, this week from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. You can schedule online. We'll post a link to that. But again, the uh, menus include the Lao jerkies, new item of Korean fried chicken wings, his famous charred skirt steak, his sap sap sausage, which is delightful, full of lemongrass and garlic, really mm-hmm. a tasty sausage. He has his uh, fried chicken banh mi, his barbecue pork banh mi, and I never had that one, and uh, uh, various fried rice, including shrimp fried rice and veggie fried rice. And for the for the sweet tooth, you can get a fish sauce. Salted caramel brownie. I'm intrigued by that. I am really. Well, most intrigued. people are like, "Have you ever had fish sauce? Like fish sauce and sugar, like cooked down. Oh, it's like a sweet, savory mm. caramel. It's like like it's I make a- I make fish sauce wings. I make fish sauce wings. And you make fish sauce caramel. So you take fish sauce, sugar, and you cook it down. You mm-hmm. might have a little water to to take away the saltiness, and you just cook it down into a caramel. It becomes this umami bomb of sweetness and ah, oh, so good. Anyway, sap sap. If you're interested, um, make a trip to Racine. You could do so uh, this this weekend, today and tomorrow. And soon to be open for a dine-in. Next up, uh, came across this food truck, Caribbean-inspired food truck, uh, El Cezanne Dominicano. Be at different locations. You can check their Facebook page or where they'll be. We'll post a link to their Facebook page. Uh, I saw them on the news, and I got their menu, and it changes. So the menu features Mexican nachos, Dominican nachos made with f- fresh fried plantains, uh, tostone con salame frita, so it's fried plantains and salami, rice with pigeon peas and chicken. So it's quite a few different things you can try here, including empanadas. Empanadas, they have uh, ground beef or chicken. And uh, going back to those Dominican nachos, which really got me interested because it has like the, the plantains and corn tortillas. Ground beef, nacho cheese, sour cream. I just That just sounds, I don't know, something about plantains and tortillas full of starch, which is probably not good for my diet, but you know what? Plantains are so good. Anyway, so yeah, definitely check out the food truck. Again, there, you can find where they'll be at their Facebook page. We'll post links again at our website. Coming up with this bites, we'll continue our conversation uh, with a new Southern restaurant coming to Milwaukee's Third Ward. We'll be right back. 
donation comes in many forms, a sustaining membership, a one-time gift, and even that vehicle you no longer use. Whether it's a car, truck, or boat, donating is a great way to support this station. Even if it's no longer running, your vehicle donation could be worth hundreds of dollars in support of the programming you enjoy. Get the process started today by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars. We're back on This Bites and Tariq. Uh, coming up, we're going to get into Juneteenth. Uh, again, it's the 50th anniversary of the Juneteenth Celebration Milwaukee. A lot of things happening tomorrow. Uh, I'll be down there. I don't know if you're going to be down there, Ann. Um, Juneteenth is... I'd love uh, to be down there. It's officially now... Uh, Congress made it officially a public holiday. I don't know if you saw that the other day. Yeah. We voted that yeah. in. I'm, I'm surprised. Unanimously voted. So it was a bipartisan effort. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but we're going to get into some of the... Kind of the history of the food. Uh, I, I found some stories that I want to share with people. and Some uh, dishes that that's kind of, in, kind of Juneteenth inspired. Uh, before we get into that, there is a new Southern restaurant that's coming to Walker's Point. <laughs> it's called Tupelo Honey. Yes, uh, it is called Tupelo Honey. It's a chain. It's not like a big chain. Um, so it's not like a McDonald's kind of chain or Chili's chain. It's like probably, I'm assuming it's like a handful around the country. But they started in the Carolinas. Um, I know there's somewhere outside of the Atlanta area. There's one in Detroit, I think. Uh, and this is the first one in Milwaukee coming to, again, Third Ward. Um, just reading this from Batum since 2000, Tupelo honey continues to inspire a revival of Southern food and traditions rooted in the Carolina mountains. We call home. We use fresh responsibly sourced and forever free ingredients to bring a scratch made taste of the South to every new community. So they're based in Asheville and they're bringing that to, uh, the historic third ward, uh, directly across from the Milwaukee public market. So I don't know where that would be. Uh, it might be the old Collectivo space. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. That makes sense. Uh, and they will have dishes like um, honey-dusted fried chicken, mac and cheese waffle with Asheville hot chicken, Shoe Mercy sweet potato pancakes, and sweet and spicy chicken and biscuits, just to name some of the dishes that will be available at this uh, uh, upcoming Southern restaurant in the Third Ward. I, I feel like I've got a Van Morrison song stuck in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you do take me as a Van Morrison fan. Yeah, I do. I like Van yeah. Morrison. <laughs> uh, next, uh, you you posted something, uh, uh, some uh, sad news about pasta tree. What's the... Right. Well, it's temporary. Okay. So the news is that um, the pasta tree uh, has closed... Um, probably until late July because the owner and chef Suzette Metcalf um, had an injury. Um, Mm. And so uh, she had to, um, you know, she had to close and, you know, like a lot of restaurants, she's dealing with staffing issues. A lot of restaurants are dealing Mm. with staffing issues right now. So she doesn't have a backup chef to help her. So that's why she has to close down for like close to a month. Um, to, to recover from this injury. And you said just for a month though. So it's, yeah. She, it's, it, it sounds like it's a, it's a hand injury and it was her dominant yeah. hand and the recovery is going to take four to six weeks. So. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get the, get some good pasta in the near future. Yeah. Next, I want to have a conversation about Juneteenth and you're familiar with Juneteenth, right? 
I am. I am. Yeah, Juneteenth is tomorrow. Uh, um, it's celebrated across the country in different cities. And here in Milwaukee, the first Juneteenth celebration happened in 1971, 50 years ago. That means I'm almost 50. <sighs> anyway. Um, you don't look a day over 49, Tariq. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, but on all seriousness, Juneteenth, for those who are not familiar, Juneteenth celebrates the end of slavery in the United States. So back in June 19, 1865, Union soldiers arrived in Galveston, Texas, announced that the Civil War had ended and therefore slavery had ended. And basically the, the, the issue was this was two years after uh, President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. So there's many reasons why Texas waited so long. Some said uh, I would agree with this probably because they wanted to keep their slaves for the crops. But, you know, anyway, but that's what it is. It's been called African-Americans 4th of July. It's when we had our own freedom. Um, and so it's celebrated uh, across the country. It picked up more interest because of what happened during uh, after George Floyd. Juneteenth really became more on people's uh, radars because a lot of people in this country, specifically people who are not African-Americans, never even heard of this holiday, which surprised me. Um, but now it's become more well-known uh, uh, beyond the circles of the African-American community, which I think is a good thing. But we want to talk about the the foods of Juneteenth and what traditional foods are eaten. Um, so I, I did some little digging and research, and uh, our good friend Michael Twitty uh, did the piece for Oprah. Of course, Oprah. Who, who, was, who, who would turn down Oprah, right? Yeah. Um, so culinary history Michael Twitty talked about some of the, the history and the roots of Food of uh, Juneteenth, food traditions of Juneteenth, foods like red velvet cake, which is very popular during Juneteenth. There's actually a um, uh, your confectionery yours at Sherman Phoenix that does a red velvet cake. You're looking for a red velvet cake, by the way, over if you want one for Juneteenth. Um, probably it's too late to get one made. I'm guessing, mm, maybe, <laughs> but she yeah. does. She does make one. Okay. Michael Twitty goes in kind of history of this. So basically. According to him, because many of the more common foods of the day back in slavery were white, green, brown, uh, there was an excitement, according to Michael Twitty, of of the of, of eating foods that are red. Um, and in the 19th century, this made certain vibrant delicacies worth celebrating. Um, black Americans would even occasionally use an expensive South American diet called cochineal, which to color their foods, according to Michael Twitty in his post. Um, but the, what made the color even more significant was Texas status is one of the last states to participate in the American slave trade. Twitty explained like a lot of the Africans came through Galveston. It was an island city on the Gulf port of the state, which happens to be the birthplace of Juneteenth. Um, and there was a lot of enslaved Africans who came through this port, including through the Caribbeans and Yoruba and Congo, Nigeria, Benin, Angola, those countries, people came through Texas and they had a value that these countries, the people in these countries had a value of red foods. Um, basically, it took on different meaning. It, it, meaning, it symbolized, according to Twitty, sacrifice, transition, and power. Um, so it has, the idea of the red food has roots back into Africa, uh, which is very, very interesting. I did not know that. Um so Africans brought a lot of their traditions with them when they were enslaved. 
which kind of manifested in the foods we see today in Juneteenth. Uh, red beverages like strawberry sodas, which we mentioned that uh, Sherman Perkins offering strawberry sodas to benefit uh, the Milwaukee Times, hibiscus tea. Um, there are people bartenders make cocktails out of them. Of course, red velvet cake, which is probably the most symbolic red food of Juneteenth. Red beans and rice, watermelon, even uh, barbecue. You think about barbecue, the red sauce, the barbecue sauce represents kind of that same tradition of Juneteenth. Um, also in that story, they talked about the, the side dishes, which are called prosperity meals, like black eyed peas and pork represents wealth. Collard greens are said to bring good fortune. Corn symbolizes gold. So there's a lot of symbolic symbol, symbol, symbolic meaning behind the foods of African-Americans. Like I remember watching High on a Hog, Michael Twitty mentioned like African-Americans, the only people that call their food soul, like represent something very spiritual. You think about all the cuisines, like that's, that's oh. the only food because we really take that food to really mean something beyond just something to provide nutrients to us. It provides yeah. nutrients to the spirit and the soul. Um, so it's a really, really, um, uh, really interesting holiday that most people really need to know about the food traditions. Um, and so that's kind of like, like the birth of soul food, you think about it. Uh, I also shared, I also digged up some like dishes and recipes uh, from different websites. There's a one great uh, website, food52.com, which is my favorite website. Uh, they had 68 recipes from black creators to celebrate Juneteenth. And I just want to share some of the interesting recipes, including smothered okra with chicken and sausage. Okra, again, has its roots in Africa. Comes here, it's like used in gumbo as like a thickener, but it's such a versatile vegetable. Um, also dishes like Nigerian beef, suya skewers. Again, you see the Nigerian kind of a tradition coming into the play. Vegan jackfruit, Jamaican patties on here. Really great recipes. You're interested in Cajun white beans, easy berry fruit salad, pound cake. Pound cake is a very popular dish in the South. I grew up, my mom, my grandma made pound cake. Oh. They even made caramel cake. Um, very popular uh, Southern desserts. Honey jerk shrimp in here. Golden pineapple pound cake. Again, the pound cake kind of resurfacing again. Uh, so definitely check it out. We'll post links to this. But just to give a little history uh, to uh, some of the food traditions of Juneteenth, which is, again, held every June 19th across American cities and, and of course, in Milwaukee, which is actually one of the biggest celebrations in the country. I know Minneapolis is a very big one as well. Um, so definitely check it out. There's going to be a parade tomorrow, a lot of barbecue places, a lot of amazing food available, a lot of great vendors down on MLK. Uh, that's happening uh, tomorrow throughout the day. What are you What are you going to get when you're there? What are you going to look for food-wise? Barbecue. Yeah. Yeah, uh, barbecue. Um, I don't know. I might make something tomorrow. I might make some cocktails, some red cocktails. Uh, I got some sake and stuff, so maybe I'll figure out something really... I got to find some hibiscus tea. Like, it's been hard to find hibiscus tea. I have to feel like I have to find it online now. Like, I've been looking in stores for hibiscus tea lately, and I can't seem to find it. Like, it's either it's, like, mixed with other things, tea. Uh, yeah. I'm just looking for pure hibiscus tea. Like, it's, it's I can't find it anywhere. But anyway... But yeah, mostly barbecue, and uh, hopefully I get some uh, uh, Jamaican patties. I love Jamaican beef patties. I'm a big fan of that. That sounds really good, yeah. Well, that wraps up this week's edition of This Bites. This Bites is edited by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted exciting inspiration comes to License Lab with support from Society Insurance and Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. And of course, generosity from your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org. 
slash this bites. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, NPR, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Remember, feedback's important, so please rate and review. And as always, Anne, stay hungry. And keep the Lord cold. Have a great weekend, Anne. You too. Happy Juneteenth. <laughs>